Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah, nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not – You can give you it a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and, like, I had to shoot a different arrow – would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, today, I've got Austin with us. Um, and Austin, you do something kind of interesting, uh, something that I don't know that a lot of people do in the hunting industry. You're into 3D printing, uh, yeah. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Wait, a different. <laughs> yeah, like are you, you're, I'm guessing you've got some sort of engineering background. Correct. Uh, so my day job, I'm a, a process engineer. Uh, so I do have a lot of experience in like the engineering side of things and 3d printing is just an avenue for manufacturing and whatnot for me. Sure. So you, uh, we're recording. It's all 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. Like, are you just <laughs> hiding at work or what, what's going on? I just booked a conference room. Um, and I'm just going to take my lunch during this time. So that's typically <laughs> what I do is I, I take a lunch at my desk and just, uh, continue working throughout the workday and whatnot. So. I have, I have the luxury of working at weird hours so I can kind of shift my schedule around based on what I got going on in my life. So super uh, grateful for that. That's cool. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, we were saying this right before we jumped on, but 
you know, we've been talking uh, just on and off on online, uh, but first time actually meeting you. Uh, are you you're in Michigan, right? Correct. West what Michigan, part? Muskegon area. Muskegon area. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Lowell, so not too okay. far. Um. So anyway, so you, uh, if I'm understanding this right, you've got this engineering background and just one day you thought, I should make hunting stuff or is that how it went or was it has this been something you've been noodling on for a while how, how does this go yeah so it started with and it still has been kind of uh i started with a problem that i had um, with my mobile hunting setup and one of and the biggest thing and i think you'll see this with a bunch of people is like cost or budget so like right. for me i didn't have the budget or the ability to go spend <clears throat> hundreds of dollars on a saddle hunting setup even though I sure. knew I need, needed something like that. So I, I bought the saddle, spent the money on that, spent the money on what was necessary, but all those extras here and there, I was trying to figure out solutions for those. So I started 3D printing like uh, tenders for my ropes instead of using mechanical ascenders. Yeah. So I, I started with that and started making them for myself and then pretty much just said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Is anybody interested in these? And it just kind of took off. And that was in the fall of 2019. I think uh, that's right when we, you and I got kind of connected like pretty early on. I had seen the, the 3D printing. I'd been thinking about this for a while. My, I've been always telling my brother, you have to figure out a way to 3D print arrows and hmm. sell them for like a dollar or $2 an arrow, <laughs> you know, which I, obviously for many reasons, he, he informed me that that wouldn't work. I just don't yeah. think he wanted to do it. He's an engineer too. Um, and so I, I saw it. I'm like, man, like you said, the, the accessories that go with hunting, um, that's where a lot of the costs can add up between bow hangers and clips and straps and all these random things that you're like, well, I got all the, you know, I get a tree saddle, I'm ready to go. Well, not really. Cause like, well, what are you hanging your bow from when you get up there? Or mm-hmm. how are you connecting your stuff to your saddle when you're walking out? And it looks yeah. like, I mean, that's, I'm looking at your website. That's why I'm looking this way. Uh, <laughs> and I've, I've been looking at a lot of your gear, but it's, it's a lot of those little, little pieces that, that just make life a lot easier when you're in the, the saddle or the stand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think what you nailed it, um, it's just kind of those hitting costs. Cause like when you buy a saddle or a set of sticks or a platform, it's like one big cost right away, yeah. but these little accessory things, they just kind of add up. If you like looked at your total purchase, it probably would add up to one of those bigger items or even yeah. more than that. So so um, I'm looking here, what, like, again, and, and for people who might not know, Genesis 3D Printing, that's, that's Austin's company. Definitely worth checking out because, like I said, there is everything from carrying your stuff out uh, to hanging it in a tree to, and I'm looking at the fulcrum bow hanger or gear hanging system, all these strap stagers, all these things that, like, and we do a ton of video. We get probably the most questions we get are around stuff like this. Like, all right, why well, I saddle hunt? What do you guys do for, you know, how do you hang your stuff? Like, how do you hang your backpack, your bow and everything in your stand? What's your setup? Or how do you walk out uh, with carrying all your crap out? Um, and so, like I said, that's, that's the majority of the questions I have. And that, it seems like that's kind of where you, you're focused as well. Yeah. And I think what we found is everybody's different in their setup. Some people like certain things in certain ways. Yeah. Um, so we've come up with multiple different ways to carry your sticks up the tree. Cause that's a big one that yeah. I think we kind of, we noticed is like, okay, if I want to climb the tree in one go, instead of climbing back up and down every yes. time to pick a stick up, what's the best system. And it seems like we have three different or four different systems that will work for people. 
but it's like I would say one's very popular, but the other ones are very still very popular and guys like them. It's like it just proves the fact that everybody's different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so and I think where we've bridged the gap with 3D printing on this, um, we didn't have to invest in an injection molding machine and be right. kind of kitty corner into one design. Um, so we can make designs that are tailored to specific sticks like the Lone Wolf Custom Gear stuff or like the Shikars from out on a limb or like tethered stuff or the trophy line stuff. It's like we make all sorts of different accessories for all of those sticks. And some of them are custom for those specific sticks, platforms, or even saddles sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm guessing you're just, you're out there, you're thinking about what would make life easier. Is that product development? Oh yeah. How that goes for you. The switch never, or the, yeah, the switch never turns off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's always on and I'm always, thinking of little things. I'm like, man, this would be a lot easier if I did have something for this or man. And I, I kind of prefaced the beginning of this is like how we started is I found problems that I needed solutions to. And it yeah. seems like when guys reach out to me and they're asking for a solution to a problem, if it's a problem that I've actually experienced or continue to experience, I'm like, Oh, I'm more apt to work on those. Problems. Sure. Right. Um, it's selfish, but it's just, kind of human nature to work on those things that are affecting you it's yeah i mean it's personal you know and if it's it's like well i can at least validate that person's problem because i can see it as well uh, do, you, mm-hmm. do you like so you know product design um how how long does it go from you know idea to you know coming out with let's see the tether bow hanger like how how, how long does that take yeah so like it all depends on the specific like product that we're working on so the more complex it is the more time it takes to really take it from a concept to a drawn out design in CAD and then also 3D printing right. it and then testing it. So like the tether bow hanger, um, I would say that probably took about a month or just maybe a little bit over. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really not that crazy of a design, but it was like one of those things like you got to verify that it's going to hold the weight that you're expecting it. You want to verify that it actually works the way you expect it. With that one, we have a closed version and an open yep. version. And so like you want to verify that the open version is going to fit on every rope and not fall off. And then the one that's like closed, that it's, it's going to fit like your larger diameter ropes. And then there's like a sweet spot with that one I found with the, the whole sizing. So sure. Right. And those are the little things like me as a, as a consumer, I'm not thinking about that. You know, like the little, the literal size of the, the hole in this, this bow hanger and just run random when I picked, but all of that has to be tested. The strength of it. Somebody's going to, you know, if I get out there, I put my bow in the hanger and it's cold and it snaps and breaks, I'm going to be chapped. You know what I'm saying? And you don't, you don't want to feel that call, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think with you running a traditional bow, if that breaks for you, oh, we got that's a problem. problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are going to be like, Ooh, yeah. But the one pound of weight. Uh, so that that's interesting. Um, what, what's, what's the thing people look for the most? Like what's like most popular for these kind of, you know, you're, you're geared towards the more the mobile Yep. Hunter. Yep. What are people looking at the most? Um, I would say a bow, bow hanging solution is always number one. Um, yeah. and I think it kind of, it also shows in like, Hey, you need a weapon when you go out in the woods and you need yeah. some way of hanging it, whether yes. it's a bow or a gun, like there's, there's always a need for that. You can't just hold it there the whole time you're hunting. Yeah. Um, I mean, when prime time comes, yeah, you'll grab your bow, but yeah, that's probably number one is some sort of bow or gear hanging solution is what what i would say is number one um yeah i would say that's probably number one for sure yeah i, I would agree i mean the, the two things i think of are carrying your stuff up the tree you know especially for saddle hunting 
you're going up. You don't want to go up and down. You're trying to be quiet. You're trying to, you know, I type everything, everything's silent. So the, the less movement and screwing around I can do of dropping something, which I, and I will 100% the first one or two sits in a season drop something. Usually it's an arrow. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, <clears throat> I want to get up once I want to save time. And the other thing is like, like you called out is, uh, is a hang in your stuff. Cause you're sitting there and, and um, you want to be able to reach your bow smoothly, quietly. You need, I like to, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know what, I, I'm not, I can't say I like to, I'm, I'm half and half. Like a lot of the time I won't take my backpack up my, up the tree with me. I'll leave it at the base of the tree, mm -hmm. but I will hang often my binoculars. Like I'll just take them off. I'll throw them right there. So I can, I open up the bucket. I can just reach them and grab them. And so like the hanging system right in front of my face, which is if you're in a tree saddle, you're basically looking at it the whole time. That's, those are the two things that kind of stick out to me that I'm, I'm always messing with. I can't say I've got a great system yet. I can't say I've tried the 3d, you know, this gear hanger system, for example, yet, but um, yeah, those are just, as I'm thinking through, those are the big challenges that, that at least I see as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I would say like the carrying your gear up with you, like we have platform hangers yeah. where you drop the platform in a, and it just locks into place using like gravity. Um, those are really, <clears throat> those are really popular, but you got to remember they only suit saddle hunters. Yeah. Whereas the gear hanging system, like it shines for saddle hunters because you face the tree, but for tree stand guys, they use it still, but it shines Just for saddle you. hunters. Yeah. 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 And so I think that's where the difference of like popularity comes as saddle hunting gets more popular, like more guys are going to look for those like platform hooks or hangers. And then uh, like the different, like I have, I call them Versa hangers. You hang your stick yeah. from the Versa button. Those are very popular because guys that are saddle hunters or even tree stand guys still need a way to climb while carrying stuff up the tree with them. So, and everything is that Versa button. I've already, I, so I'm using like the, I do the rope. Uh, I can't think of the, the system, not, not a buckle system for basically strapping my, my sticks on. So that Versa button mm -hmm. is money for it. You go, you wrap around, we've got videos and stuff for that. Yeah. People should know what that is, but yeah. Um, the Versa button stuff is, is money. It's like universal across most things. And it, it seems to work well. Um, yeah. so like, are you working on new designs right now? Was that like, are you, yeah. you got like 20 in the hopper, five in the hopper? What, what does that look like? Um, it all depends. Like I try to line up more during like the off season and yeah. try to nail out as many as I can during that time. Um, we have a few designs that we're working through. I think we have, I think we have up to 10 different designs that aren't finished that are like designs that we're going to keep moving forward with. Um, when I say, when I say we, it's literally my wife and I, um, <laughs> my wife, my wife and I doesn't, and she doesn't design anything. Um, it's so she does all the behind the scenes stuff. But for me, like I have 10 dif different designs that I'm seeing through that are going to finish up here. And so, yeah, it's, it's chaos sometimes, but it's, it's fun. Run it right out of your house. Yep. Just straight out of this little farmhouse. Like, I don't know. We're, we're, we're growing and it's to the point where we're busting at the seams, but we're able to manage and with the housing market so crazy and all that stuff, it's just, it's one of those things we're kind of like, okay, we're, we're good where we're at. We'll just kind of wait for things to calm down and let yeah. this recession kick in a little bit. I know it's going to be an interesting time. Uh, that's for sure. We're headed in an interesting direction. Uh, it does mm -hmm. not seem like rosy and, and bright and, and cheery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's been like two years of that. So like, bring it on, you know, at yeah. this point I'm desensitized to all the trouble that, that the world brings <laughs> my way. Oh yeah. So um, yeah. 
So you're, you've been hunting a long time. Are you a mobile type guy? Is that what inspired this or how, what's your background in hunting look like? Yeah. So born and raised in a, a farming and hunting family. Um, we have property up in the upper peninsula at UP. Uh, we have like, I think just over 600 acres in Escanaba area. Yeah. And then we, then we have like 80 acres on the two hearted river in, uh, Oh, wow. Uh, and so we, we have a lot of hunting and fishing in our background. Um, and then, uh, we have property in like where I live. And so we hunt on that. Um, and so it's just kind of been in our nature, but for the longest time, I just traditionally just sat in stands that were like year over right. year, the annual, annual stands, like they don't move and yeah. they trim and then they, they stay put. Um, and then we, we started going to Missouri a little bit. We found a, uh, my cousin made a connection with a guy down there and yeah. we were able to hunt his property for a while. And then he ended up selling it. And then mm-hmm. that year, and that year we were like, okay, what are we going to do? We're, we still want to go to Missouri. It's a fun opportunity to be in community with family. Um, and so we pivoted and found some public land down there and I it was first experienced mobile hunting. And so I started researching tree stands that were light. So I bought like a muddy vantage or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was not light. I was struggling <laughs> yeah, to, I was, yeah. And I was struggling to hang it. I was like sweating. I was like, this is miserable. Yep. And then I, I literally, I think I Googled like lightweight hunting solution, like and I, I was just kind of looking through and I saw like tethered pop up and arrow hunter and like trophy line. And I was like, okay, what is this? Like, <laughs> and so yeah. then, then I went down the rabbit hole and then I haven't turned back since. So it's kind of crazy. It's funny how that works. You have like a moment where it's like, I'm going to start moving towards mobile. And then it's like, you know, I'm going to get super light with it. My, my, my story is, you know, same type of deal. Jared and I uh, kind of moved towards being more mobile, kind of lost access to some property and just kind of wanted to learn more about how deer work, how, how the environment works and everything like that. So we, like you did, we went out and bought what we thought was super light and like, you know, cutting edge. <laughs> and this was <clears throat> probably 2002 or three. And I got a climber, right. And for me, climber was the epitome, a climbing, trying climbing tree stand was like the epitome of like mobile hunting at the time, you know, and looking back, it was like a 30 pound, you know, full metal, just clunk, just a terrible thing. Right. It, it wasn't great. And I, there, I'm sure there's climbers that are great. I've strayed away with, from them after that. Uh, I had actually a one time where I was climbing up and it was kind of rainy and it slipped and I fell and that was it. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I literally put it for sale. And I'm like, I'm never, I'm not doing that again. And for a while, I'm like, I might not go in, in a tree again. Uh, like I'm not messing around. I, I mean, I smoked my arm. I was very, I mean, it hurt, but it was like very lucky to not have broken anything or really hurt myself. Uh, so I, for three, at least three, three years, um, just hunted from the ground. I did the ground mobile. I'm like, man, I can carry like hardly anything, maybe a little roll up, um, netting that I can pop up and bring like a, I had like a heel and ax chair, something real light. You can put it in a fanny pack and carry and go anywhere, set up in two seconds and move when things aren't great. And so I did that. But like you said, I started hearing about this saddle game. I'm like, man, you got to give that a shot. And once I did, uh, yeah, I still do a lot of ground hunting, um, almost not 50% of the time, probably 30, 30, 40% of the time. But, you know, you know, for my, money spots i'm getting in a tree and i'm using that lightweight saddle and i'm comfy i'm leaning back in the morning before it gets light i'm closing my eyes and not worried about falling out of my tree it's Mm -hmm. a sweet deal yeah it is it's 
there's like a sense of security when you're in it. Um, and I think everybody has that initial like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Like, I'm afraid to climb with a system because it's totally different. Um, but once you trust it and understand what you're working with and you get, yeah. get up there and you start work uh, understanding like how my system works, obviously you do it at ground level, but once you get up there and get used to it, you, I feel safer in a saddle than I do a tree stand every day. Oh yeah, definitely. So, you're always mm-hmm. strapped in, you know, always connected to the tree. And again, I, I love that I have the tree between me and the deer you know, for the most part, unless it comes up behind me, but I can like keep it in front of me and kind of go back and forth and, and get Mm -hmm. away with moving around a little bit, uh, which is, you know, not the case uh, when you're kind of just hanging out off a tree. Not that there's anything wrong with there's great stuff. um, You know, lone wolf tree stands makes awesome custom gear makes awesome tree stands uh, and have a lot of buddies that use it. But um, so far the the saddle game has been kind of my jam. Mm -hmm. I would agree. So uh, when people are ordering from you, are they mostly saddle hunters? Or are they like a lot, a good number of, of these, these lightweight tree stand guys too? Yeah. It's interesting because like I started to release more tree stand related accessories this year. And it seems like the saddle hunters buy into it more. And the tree, stand, the tree stand guys are into it, but they're a little bit more skeptical. Um, and I really? don't know if, I don't know exactly the reason behind that. Like I sell stuff for tree stand guys. Like we came out with this bowl holder that mounts to a, the base of a tree stand. Yeah. It, yep. Love that. It, it'll literally fit on any tree stand that we found. Just some tree stands that are tubing. Maybe you'll have to buy longer bolts from a hardware store. But um, besides that, it's like, I, I released this bowl holder. It's a little bit more expensive. It's all machined aluminum. There's no 3D printed parts on it. Um, and it, I sold them. I'm selling a decent amount of them, but I would say, it seems like they're just a little bit more hesitant, have more questions or are holding their dollars a little bit tighter. Sure. Um, not saying like saddle hunters are reckless and like just spending money everywhere, but no, I, I think, I think there's a little bit of like a caution that comes from tree stand guys. And maybe that's related to the fact that they, some of them just don't want to give a saddle a chance and they right. translate that to what they purchased. And exactly. That's, to- that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting because I've definitely see more saddle hunters buying things than tree stand guys, but it's not to the point where tree stand guys don't buy anything from me. It's just, it's just a different ratio. I would say. It seems to me though, and this could be wrong, but like the type of guy that has been willing to try a tree, a tree saddle is like more willing to try new gear and, you know, go out there and like try new things. And the guys that haven't made that switch yet may, and I, this is like way over generalization, but it seems like those guys are like, well, I've had this for 30 years. This is the same type of way I've done it. It's worked. I don't need to change. I'm sticking with this. Oh yeah. And I would, I would echo that because it's funny because I have a guy I work here with, we talk hunting all the time and he was big in the tree stands and his like lone wolf alpha or whatever. Yeah. He, he was really big in that. And he's like, this is my stand. I'm like, you gotta try saddles out, man. Yeah. Just try it. And he's like, no, no, that's not it. And so finally got him into it. And he's like, I don't know, I'm not going back. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's that, it's that brain thing of like change isn't always bad kind of thing. Right. So maybe, maybe give it a shot kind of thing. Personalities. <laughs> My wife is more risk averse or change averse. And I'm more like, nah, try it. Nah, nah, not something next, new, new, next, you know, where I'm just bouncing all over the place. You got to kind of balance that too, I guess. Uh, oh. So interesting. So like, are you, I mean, are you sticking with this tree stand equipment? Are you looking to ever branch out? Are you going to build any other components or what's your, what does the future look like for, for Genesis 3D? 
the future looks bright. As That's what you have to have. say. You have to say it starts, yeah. you know, looks bright, good. Nailed it. Yep, yep. It, it's going, I mean, we're growing. It's it's crazy to see, like, we officially started in January, January of 2020. And every year it feels like we're just growing more faster than we expected. So yeah. like we have um, we have something that we're going to release at our event this year in August that we haven't really shared with, we haven't shared with anybody on social media. And it's a, it's a camera arm, um, oh. like a, a lightweight camera arm that's for saddle hunters, um, weighs 14 ounces and will do exactly what you need up to like a five pound camera. So really, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like, we have the ability and connections to do more than 3d printing. So this, this camera arm is going to have one, potentially one 3d printed component on it. So we're still wow. trying to nail that, nail that down, but everything else is just machined aluminum or water jet, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, we have the ability to do a lot of fun projects for the mobile hunters. Yeah. And, and I would say that we're not just going to brand like stick in like 3d printing accessories. You've kind of, if guys have been following along to our business, we've started to release like our quiver mount that goes on tree stands. Also yeah. it gives you a full rotation, 180 degrees. It's all aluminum there's no there's no 3d printed parts other than plastic washers that are in it um so i think we're starting to i don't know show that we have the ability and be agile and shift our manufacturing how we do it costs a little bit more money than 3d printing but at the same time it meets the needs of what people are looking for so interesting so the ca- how heavy did you say that camera arm is going to be uh I, when we weighed it it was literally 14.3 ounces so it's not even a pound. And then there's the strap. Yeah, we didn't. Typically, people don't put a, put a strap in there. So we just didn't throw the strap in there. Yeah. I think when we did the strap, it was literally just over a pound. So. Wow. Because I've been looking. We've been looking at different camera arms, looking at the, the pocket arm from Lone Wolf, um, mm-hmm. which looks good. I wonder about some side to side kind of shake a little bit on it but you know it's the other we we, we try i forgot what the other camera arm we got was but it was heavy and loud mm-hmm. you know and it was just kind of a pain to use uh, yeah so there's a huge need for that especially for for saddle hunters yeah and this this was designed specifically for saddle hunters doesn't mean that you can't use them for tree stands but it's going to work it's it's really tight to the tree um so you can fit it around in front of you very easily instead of having a really long three-arm pivoting camera arm that you have to kind of maneuver around in a yeah. weird way to get it into the shot angle like this is going to be really nice and compact right in front of you so you can swing it around the tree very easily on both sides and capture both shots without feeling like you're because the biggest thing that like i tried to film my hunts and i was like i don't want to deal with hanging a, a arm that's really difficult to hang yeah. or it's really bulky or it weighs a lot or it's just it's just not i'm more apt to leave it if it's a pain in the butt same so like I'll, I'll take it out once and then just never again. Yeah. And this one, I'm like, literally fits in the palm. I don't know if this is going to be a video one, but it literally it is. fits in the, it is, it, it literally fits in like the palm of your hand. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, I think it total reach is just under 21 inches for our first model. And then we'll have like potentially kits that people can buy to make them longer if they want a longer reach or whatever. I like that. So, and it would fit right in a pouch, right in like a, a saddle. If you, usually you got a pouch just attached to your, your tree saddle and you just pop it right in there. Mm-hmm. I've been, it's interesting you said, cause I've been starting, we're, we're filming more and more stuff. Um, this, uh, this Turkey season I had used this GoPro 360 max or whatever camera. So I could like 
you can get like a 360 view of the hunt and it was great i mean it shot a turkey and like had some really cool footage of like one i was able to edit and it was like looked at me and then it kind of spun the camera around and the turkey coming in and i you know pegged them but even on i we uploaded it to youtube so you can watch the th- entire hunt in 3d so you can kind of move the camera around mm. um, which is i don't know why it just took me a while to figure out how to get it up and i get it up on youtube and then editing it was a pain uh, which i just ended up not doing uh, so it's just yeah. like a little some clips but <laughs> yeah i mean like that's great for you know like a short range hunt like if something's coming right in your shot window at you know 20 yards like you can see it pretty well but like anything beyond that gopro is isn't you know just not going to work so you need to have a camera which means you need an arm and then you need something like i said that's you know you have all this lightweight gear and to haul out like a five pound camera arm it just kind of like negates the whole purpose of, of going lightweight oh yeah absolutely yeah and that's that's part of the reason why I left it. I mean, I used the Insta 360 a lot last year. I love that camera. Um, yeah. It's cool. It's a cool camera for capturing everything at yeah. all times. And you don't have to monkey with trying to turn it or move it around or mounting it on your gun or bow. Um, so, but you do need a, 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 a main camera to run yeah. still. Yes. Um, and it seems like, seems like more people are using their cell phones than actual like, like handy yeah. cams or small cameras because the cameras that we have on our cell phones are crazy good. They so, are. And yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense. Why would you want to buy a, a camera that can do the same thing as something you're going to carry out in the woods? At Anyways, all always. Yeah, it's always on you. I, mm-hmm. I had this, what is it? Um, like a bow mount or phone mount for a bow by Painted Arrow. They're actually Michigan yeah, guys. I did see that. Yeah. Um, I, the funny thing was, so on that turkey hunt, so I got the 3D camera going. I had my, my brother was sitting next to me and every, everybody, if, for anybody listening, we have so many questions about it. Uh, he wasn't sleeping. He was just not moving. He's like laying back and he's just like, because what didn't show up on the camera is like for like the five minutes that took for these turkeys to come in, I said, don't move like a hundred times. Cause it was kind of one of his first times turkey hunting. I didn't know if he was like aware of how good turkey's eyes are. So I'm like, don't move don't move don't move and so he's just sitting there like and everybody asked like hey man good shot but that dude next to you was sleeping you know <laughs> I'm like no no he wasn't um but no the the camera the, the what was funny about it is that is i had that painted arrow attachment but mm. i never put my phone on it so it's like I, you can see me shooting with an empty attachment i forgot to put it on because there's like too much going on and of course you hear that gobble and like half my brain turns off when, when I hear mm-hmm. like a gobble coming. It's like, oh, you know, you kind of like lose track of time and space and and forget things. I'm just lucky I got the, the 3D camera on. But um, that's interesting. That's that's an exciting, exciting product for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been the one we've been working on for a while. So I don't know. we're going to unveil it at our show. So hopefully guys, uh, at least they'll come to see that or something. August 20. Yeah, August 20th from like nine to four. So yeah, I'm looking, I got it up nine to four in Ravenna, Michigan. Is that how you say mm-hmm. that? It's called Ravenna. We call yeah. a lot of, a lot of people call it Ravenna. <laughs> um, yeah. Ravenna. Ravenna is, yeah. So, but we call it Ravenna and, and Re, people who are from Ravenna call it incorrectly. So it's kind of weird, but you got to go with what the people, the locals call it though. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Ravenna. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was drive through, I've kind of even some family in that area, uh, but I've never, I try not to say that out loud because I never really know how to say it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, so you got, you got that, that event coming up and actually for people who are listening, go check it out. It's a saddle hunting tune-up event. So you just kind of get together with dudes, hang out, 
talk saddle hunting, check out gear, right? Am yeah. I, am I getting that right? Absolutely. We'll have, we'll have vendors there that will be for any guys that are looking to buy saddles or just accessories for saddles or just, um, in general. So like the latitude guys will be there from latitude outdoors. The, um, uh, the hunting beast dudes are trying to figure out if they can make it work out where they come. And then you have like Lou from stealth strips will be there. Um, and then we have a few others that are there, but, um, yeah, it's good for vendors. And then we'll have a few demos going on, like for new saddle hunters and experienced saddle hunters. We'll have that stuff. And then, yeah. um, after we'll have like a catered lunch. So you just come and do cater like a catered lunch. And how we did it last year is we just do donations for lunch. So if you feel led to donate some money, the to spirit moves. Lunch, yeah. Give yeah. some money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how we do it, but we don't want to discourage somebody from not coming because they're hungry or they don't want to pay for food or they don't have the money for it. So, um, and then after that, we'll do giveaways. So we have a ton of giveaways to give away again. So oh, that's exciting. That. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to come actually. I want to, I get home like a day and a half, two, two and a half. Like I get home like the 17th during the day from Alaska. And so mm-hmm. I don't know what my schedule will look like coming back and <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, my hope is to, cause this is, I missed last year's cause we were traveling again. I think I was on a, the West coast, but, um, mm-hmm. cool event and it's right in my backyard. So yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's an awesome event and bring kids. Like, I don't know. Do you have kids? Yeah. I've got a one nine-year-old. Yeah. I, I thought you had one. So yeah. oh, be kid friendly. If your wife's like, Hey, we need to spend time together. Maybe bring her to that. Yeah. Or usually on those Saturday things, you get a lot more leeway. Uh, if you can bring a child with you you know, you from the, from your wife, it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're going, yeah, but I'll take the kid. Oh, okay. Then go wherever you want. You know, <laughs> so just, just a wedding or a wedding, a marriage trick, uh tip, not trick, not trick tip for, <laughs> tip for tip. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Even um, if your wife's listening. <laughs> that's right. And I have to say now, you know, almost a month beforehand, are you coming to our shoot? I'm putting you on the spot in front of everybody. So don't answer I know. wrong. August 30 West Michigan archery center. Are you there? I, I, I looked at it. I was going to go, um, but we had a vacation that was supposed to be scheduled last Friday to this Friday. And then I got yeah. rescheduled for that weekend. And we're Where are you going to be? Uh, like Huron, like uh, Lexington. That's the worst of the Great Lakes. You know, know. Like, just forget about that. <laughs> no, that's fine. So you're, what are you doing out there? Uh, just family vacation. My, my in-laws set it up and we just do like a week-long vacation during the year and I don't know. We just pick a lake and just go for it and just relax a little bit. Fish? So. You, guys, you guys fishing at all? Oh yeah. I take, I have a fishing kayak that I use. And so when we did it two years ago, I think we were up in like, uh, shoot, uh, Charlevoix area. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I took it out in Lake Michigan out there and fished for like small mouths and stuff like that. So how'd you do? Pretty good actually. Really yeah. good. So I love kayak fishing if I have time for it. Me too. You, you have to come out. So I'm on right on the flat river in Lowell. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I'm, I moved here six months ago or so. And I'm, so I'm, I'm getting kind of, I haven't done a whole lot of smallmouth fishing in my life, mostly largemouth. And it's like the fish are like largemouth, crappie, bat, uh, uh, pike, bluegill, like just like a very sim perch, some perch too. Yeah. And so I moved here. I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get into smallies. I actually want to do a little pike fishing, but I, I do the same kayak thing. I throw it out there. And, uh, so yeah, come out sometime and like, teach me how to slay those small mouth. Cause I could use some, some pointers. Well, yeah. I, I grew up on trout fishing, so I don't okay. know. I'm learning about the lake fishing a little bit as I go, but yeah. it's, 
I just like being out on water. It's is fun. there trout? Like, can I catch a trout in Flat River? Like, is that? I don't know how. I don't know anything about river fishing. I I don't know. I'm not super familiar with that river. It all depends on what the the food is like and what the fish diversity you have there. Yeah. Um, like trout usually like a fast running river or like a cold water source. Um. So, but you'll get brookies and really small creeks and stuff like that, and those are those are a riot to catch just because they're yeah, and they're just. They're just pissed off at the world. It seems like when you get them on the hook. yeah, exactly. I'm looking now. Hey, wait a minute. I'm seeing some smallmouth. Oh, dude, right on the river, some guys catch monster smallmouth right, uh, right on the bridge over the river uh, here in in Lowell. I a couple of years ago, I was walking by and I see this guy. He literally has. It's a pike that's like like this, like just a giant pike. He's holding it up and looking at it. I'm like, holy cow! I stop him talking to him. The police come and they're like taking pictures of it. You know, everybody because it's a pretty small town. Everybody's taking pictures and checking it out. But yeah, um, I can get on board with that. Um, okay, so where are you headed this year? You got you got an event coming up, and uh, like, what's your hunt hunt schedule look like? Are you too busy with? Uh, uh, I hope stuff? I'm not too busy. Last yeah. year and the year before that, we were so busy. I couldn't find time to hunt. Um, I did obviously, but, not uh, enough. not enough, not as much as I would like to, and not as much as my wife would like me to actually. Ooh, okay. I know she was trying to encourage me to find ways to make time to hunt, but yeah. this year trip wise, I have one big trip and we're going to Colorado. We're doing elk hunting and I actually drew a mule deer tag too. So we'll, uh, we'll head out to that Southern part of Colorado and do some yeah. of that. And we have a spike camp that we'll go to and mm. we're, I don't know, we're pretty excited. Um, still trying to figure out the transportation side of things because <laughs> with gas so much, we're actually looking at doing like the Amtrak. Well, you're, you're like, how does that work? So the Amtrak goes out of Grand Rapids or Chicago yeah. and it goes into Grand Junction. And so from it Grand does? Junction, yeah, what? it goes all the way to San Francisco. Sweet. So we're like option to do that because it's like 350 bucks, like there and back. And then you get two check bags for free. And then any bag, uh, it's 50 up to 50 pounds per check bag. And so then after that, I think it's like 40 bucks or 20 bucks, something like that for a check bag. So I'm like, if you get something and have to haul meat back, I don't know. It just seems like a no brainer. So I've never thought to do that. Have you, I've never heard of anybody doing that. I've never heard of any, I've, I've researched, I was like, somebody's got to take in the train and I'm like typing it up, nothing. And I'm like, what in the world? And then I was like, okay, if I carry firearms on this thing, what do I have to do? And they treat it almost exactly like if you're flying. You and, just lock, you thought, lock every hole that is lockable, you know, yep. check it when you get there. Okay. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple. And so, um, yeah, it just seemed like a, it's 26 hours to get to Grand Junction from Chicago, which is where we would go. It's a few more hours than driving, like, but not that much longer. And you're not driving. So you're not, you're not tired by the end of the trip because you're just trying to get there. So I don't know there's, there's some positives to it and it's an experience. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of want to do that. I am track. Don't make it too popular now. (laughs) I'm going to start telling everybody. Yeah. Cause (laughs) I I did, I've, I've gotten in, well, I haven't really gotten in trouble, but there's been some things about hunting where I've shared these cool ideas or cool places and we've gotten some like like we we hunted north manitou island and we got a bunch of messages of people like that's my secret spot i've been hunting there for 20 years now it's gonna be overrun 
And I'm like, Hey man, there's not that many people that listen to this podcast, you know? So like, just, I appreciate it. But, and it's funny. Cause like, before we even told anybody about it, we're coming off the Island and just hundreds of people are like pouring in. It was like a couple hundred people showed up for the hunt this year. So I'm like, I don't think it was me, No, uh, but people don't like when you share their, like their hunting, like little, you know, hacks. Yeah. No, I, I still have a little bit of research to do on this hack, if you'd call it. But yeah. I think I think it could be a good one. I mean, if anything, it's an experience. And I'm following learn. along for that because, like I said, I uh, I would totally do that because if you can just hang out, you don't have to drive, you don't have to burn gas, and you know, mm-hmm. put wear and tear on a car. So you'll rent a car there. We'll rent a car when we get there. But okay. um, the way it works out is my. I'm going with my dad and my brother. My dad travels all the time for work and he actually use, gets like free rental cars all the time. Oh, so, so your money. Your money. Like, yeah. I was going to say, know. otherwise you do that, that U-Haul rental, which I, yeah. I just did this year and it was super cheap. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, hey, we're, you know, we're coming up on time uh, here. Um, but I, I'm just thank you for taking the time and, and for what you're doing. Like I said, it's, it's new uh, and it's exciting for, for the, the things that you're adding to um, this mobile hunting, especially this like push to be more ultra light and simple uh, when you're mm-hmm. doing it. Like there's gear, but the idea is keep it simple. So you can, you don't have to think about it. You can just go and hunt and not worry about your gear. So you're, you're doing a great job for everybody who's listening. Uh, where can they find out where to buy some of this gear as they're kind of gearing up for the year? Where can they find you and, and follow your trip and everything else? Absolutely. I, yeah, we can, we can share stuff on our social media. So like Genesis 3D printing is where you'll find us uh, Facebook, yep. Instagram, we have YouTube and then our uh, website is just Genesis 3D printing.com. So, yeah. But, yeah. You guys are doing good stuff. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Austin, for the time. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, man. That was fun. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe, you know, it really help us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd Helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.